InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Unless you're planning an overseas trip in the very near future, you may not know about the latest changes for getting and using a passport. Listen up, because not knowing these new rules can ruin your travel plans. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here to bring you up to speed. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Brittany Williams. She is the Assistant Regional Director of the Chicago Passport Agency, which is part of the U.S. State Department. And she's here to bring us up to date on where things stand with recent changes in U.S. passports. Brittany, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I can only speak for myself, but it seems like there have been a lot of changes in the past couple of years in regards to passports. Is that a correct perception? That is. Actually, there has been a tremendous increase in demand for U.S. passports, and we're working very hard to meet those demands. So let's start with just when exactly someone needs a passport today, because I know there have been a lot of proposed rule changes. Some of them have not been put into a place yet. Maybe you can just kind of fill us in. Well, currently, individuals who are traveling abroad outside of the Western Hemisphere all need U.S. passports. That's traveling to Europe, traveling to Asia, places like that. In addition, individuals traveling within the Western Hemisphere, for example, by air to Canada and Mexico, also require a U.S. passport at this time. So if you're traveling by air, you need a passport. If you're traveling by car or other means like that to Canada or Mexico, you don't. Not at the moment, but that will likely change sometime after the summer of 2009. So at what point is it expected that we'll need a passport for all travel to Canada or Mexico? Is there a set date for that? There is no set date at the moment. We're expecting that sometime mid to late next year, but I can't really say with certainty when that date would be set. There have also been changes for certain other countries like Bermuda, right? Well, previously, many of the islands and parts of South America did not require passports for travel. Individuals were able to use certified birth certificates and other types of documents to travel there. Passports are required to travel to those places now. Now, there's another form of passport on the horizon. It's a passport card or electronic passport. First of all, do those two terms refer to the same thing? The passport card differs from the electronic passport. The electronic passport is actually what we think of as the traditional passport book with 28 pages. The passport card, however, is just as its name implies, a card-like document that individuals will be able to use to travel within the Western Hemisphere only, that is, to Mexico and Canada. So if you want to travel to Europe, for example, the card would not be sufficient? Exactly. You would need a valid U.S. passport for travel to Europe. Those cards would be limited in their use. So if I understand correctly, the electronic passport is basically an updated version of the paper passport people have been getting for years, right? Right. The term electronic passport applies to the technology. It's still a physical passport book, but it includes electronic chip technology that was not present in its predecessor passport. So, for example, an individual's vital stats, the name, date of birth, place of birth, all those pieces of information that are normally included on the photo page of the passport are embedded into an electronic chip. 
And so that's what makes it an electronic passport, as opposed to the traditional passport that did not include an electronic device. Now, there have been some critics who have raised some concerns in terms of identity theft or security, certainly, of the new electronic passports. No document is going to be 100% secure. Passport Services has made, though, every effort to ensure that the concerns about security information that's contained within the U.S. passport is as secure as it possibly can be. And every possible security measure that could have been included within the passport document has been to address that. So the electronic passports, those are being phased in as of now? Actually, electronic passports have been produced since August of 2006. And the passport cards that are good only for North American travel, where are those in terms of being available? Well, as we speak, passport agencies around the country are gearing up to start producing those passport cards. Right now, we are accepting applications for the cards while we are not able to produce them right now. We're talking on InfoTrack with Brittany Williams. She's the Assistant Regional Director of the Chicago Passport Agency, which is a part of the U.S. State Department. And we're discussing some of the recent changes that have occurred with passports, what you need to know if you're preparing to travel. Brittany, just to back up and look at a little broader picture, for people who have never had a passport, where do you go apply for one? Just tell us kind of the basic details of how you go about getting one. Okay. What you do is if you need a passport, you'd want to collect the appropriate documents, obviously, proof that you're a U.S. citizen, a birth certificate, naturalization certificate if you're a naturalized citizen or citizenship certificate. You'd need photographs as well as photo identification. And you'd go to what we call a passport acceptance facility. The State Department and Passport Services has partnered with the U.S. Postal Service, and other municipal offices such as clerks of courts to provide acceptance facilities whereby U.S. citizens can go to apply for their U.S. passports. There are thousands and thousands of such facilities across the country, and one only needs to go to the website travel.state.gov to find a comprehensive list of all those facilities. An acceptance clerk will review the application, then forward all of that information to Passport Services for processing. And the big question is, what kind of a waiting period is there at this point? Well, right now, our average waiting time is well below the standard four to six weeks for routine service or the two to three weeks for expedited service. And that's why we're trying to encourage as many of your listeners as possible to apply for their passports now. The waiting time is not very long. They have their passports in hand well before their trips and avoid the additional fees that go along with expedited service. Just looking into the future, are there any additional changes that you anticipate happening in the next maybe year to two years in terms of passports? Well, we have already started to increase passport production capacity, almost doubling the passport staff system-wide. In addition, Passport Services is also opening three new passport agencies in Detroit, Dallas, and Minneapolis. So we should see that occurring within the next year or so. Brittany, a few minutes ago you mentioned a website address. Could you give that one more time for people to get additional information? Yes. The website that I mentioned before, travel.state.gov, is the place to go for the most comprehensive information on passport application processes. Brittany Williams, the Assistant Regional Director of the Chicago Passport Agency, part of the U.S. State Department. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. 
You're welcome. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, a look at the eye-opening ways small and big businesses can boost their local communities. Stay tuned. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 